0: Father, we thank you for this privilege once again to be here, to learn, to be inspired, to, uh, to learn how to minister more for you. And I just pray a special blessing upon Dr. Moretta as he brings us this presentation today. May your presence be here. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, David. Um, welcome. Final presentation. You've weathered uh, the other two. And I'm glad that there was some science, a little bit of science, a little bit of um, creativity, a little bit of Bob Vila action going on here. And um, all uh, you know, it, it does us no good to have all these numbers and all these if you can't apply it. You know, if you can't turn it into something practical that you can use every day. So I just want to thank our presenters, Dr. Chi and my friend uh, Dr. Laredo. Whew, almost escaped me but um i really appreciate your your presentations um the the relevance of of both of them and i pr- i hope that um we're all able to take a, a nugget home with us not just one but uh probably several to implement in our own practices um my presentation today uh it seems like the buzzword is free clinics the last few years i know that amen has worked real hard to figure this out um and i just wanted uh, to to talk a little bit about them, their usefulness, their efficacy, um, and you know, and talk about some of the things that don't work about them as well. Many of you, if not all, have been involved in uh, free clinics, and I applaud you for that. And I say keep doing it um, because, and I'll explain why I believe that free clinics are effective um, uh, for for us as providers and Christian providers as well. So. <clears throat> this is kind of our outline. Uh, I'm going to give you know my little introduction. We're going to talk about the the bad and the ugly side of free clinics. There there are none, right? No no ugly sides, but we might run into a few today. <clears throat> and then I want to talk about how the, the effect, uh, what the effect is of free clinics on the community, the provider, the Christian provider, and there's a distinct difference between those two, and also uh, the church, and of course patients is what I want to finish with. So free and charitable clinics um, are a critical part of the, of the healthcare safety net system here in the United States, and all are nonprofit and serve uh, the uninsured or the, the underinsured uh, or for a free or for a nominal fee. Most free clinics are primary uh, care-based, uh, but small portion uh, provide services such as dental and um, op- optho. Uh, behavioral health is another... But in general, free clinics range from small organizations staffed uh, by volunteer physicians offering care once a month or from a church basement, kind of like what we talked about um, with Dr. Laredo's um, presentation. Um, And then they extend all the way to large, multi-practitioner facilities with substantial budgets. We, of course, have um, free clinics, right? Amen free clinics. And again, this is just a, a small snippet of uh, of the ones that Amen has done, I, I'm sure there are dozens more that I haven't placed up there. How many have we done so far, Vin? 20, so clearly there are not 20 up there. Uh, but we, you know, every time we do another clinic, it becomes a, a more well-oiled machine. Um, also, within our church, you guys are familiar with uh, Your Best Pathway to Health. We've done San Francisco, San Antonio, Spokane. Los Angeles and Beckley, How many have been involved with these at all? Raise your hand. So good. About one third of us. <clears throat> Again, a very complicated, um, complicated uh, process of setting these clinics up, making and, and to make them effective. Um, it, it's no small no small feat. And so the downside. I don't want. I wanted to put this right up front. And get it out of the way. Um, it's not. A, it's a long and complicated list. Um, <clears throat> free clinics are a quick fix. You know, there's expense, limited budgets, uh, depth of the need is overwhelming. Any of you who've stood, who've gone, you know, early in the morning, you've seen the massive lines. You're almost discouraged. You almost want to turn around and go back to your hotel room or wherever you came because the the line is so is so massive. Finding care providers to volunteer, chaos. There's always chaos, especially in those first few hours of the clinic. Um, you wonder, is this thing going to settle itself out? Am I actually going to actually see a patient this morning? Uh, the long lines, demanding providers. Yes, we are kind of persnickety about the, the stuff that we use, the instruments, the materials. Is there going to be this? Is there going to be 3M you know, adhesive bond? Because I only use that. You know, I get that question, and it's like, man, just show up and stop whining. If you like it, bring it from your office. Right, so uh, lack of materials, lack of privacy—you um, know, those curtains uh, for the ones who come for primary care services—they're not enough. You know, and, and and but it's it's what there is. Um, uh, there's certainly privacy from from the visual, but not from the audio. Medical records is always a challenge. We talked about that a little bit earlier today. Unreasonable expectations, both from the patient or from the uh, practitioner, um, doing what I want versus what the patient wants. Right, patient comes in he's got a big hole on this one I want that one out you know and and it looks a little more complicated than another one that has a hole in it but isn't bothering him you know and so you're like ah well I think we should take this one out and I had to deal with putting out a fire one time because that patient got a tooth taken out that was more comfortable for the provider um, than the one that the patient actually wanted extracted so that guy was not a happy camper Um, anyway putting out fires um, obviously, and then on this side, limited provision of services, licensure, local law, professional competition, which is almost non-existent. They're ecstatic that you come into the community and take some of the burden off of the community by taking care of these pe- these patients. Uh, malpractice, travel, accommodations, logistics, media, material and equipment. Uh, IT is always an issue. Um, Hospital support, and then of course, venue, and of course, we talked about follow up and the importance of that. So, why do this? If this list is so long, why do free clinics? You know, you'd have to ask yourself that. I'll flesh that out a little bit. What's the alternative uh, to, to doing free clinics? You know, do we do nothing? You know, there have been times at, at Pathway or at one of our own clinics where I'm like, why haven't we been doing this? Why is this just you know, creeping up on us in the last five years, that we recognize that this is an effective tool. Why now? Why haven't we been doing this for the last two decades? Um, but certainly, um, there is an impact, and we're going to talk about first of all the effect of uh, the of the effect of free clinics on the community. Um, <clears throat> Of course, there. You know, the the scientists are always going to say, "Well, let's look at you know some numbers. Numbers, the importance and the challenge with numbers and longitudinal studies, and how do you measure impact?" And um, we know that free clinics alleviate a decent portion of the access uh, to care burden. Our current healthcare system and hospitals can speak very clearly to that. But in general, uh, the effect is usually very brief, especially the way we do it uh, in our in our brief, you know, amen clinics. And the long-term effect can be very, very limited. In Pathway San Antonio, for instance, we were able to quantify that over $20 million in consult procedures and studies were delivered in three days. And I dare say that if we went back the very next week, uh, we would have been able to deliver the same, if not more, in in the same procedures and services. So one is tempted to ask, what was the impact? We cleaned and bandaged a wound, we restored the tooth, then we packed up and left. And who's there the following week to do more of the same? So who's there to tally the impact? Who has the time and the resources other than, of course, Cleveland Clinic? You know, we didn't invent this stuff. We didn't invent um, uh, charitable clinics, um, you know, free, free clinics. We didn't invent this. Unfortunately, uh, we, we also don't have it perfected. You know, C- Cleveland Clinic, who they have, you know, very deep pockets, resources. They have free clinics established in multiple multiple states—Ohio, Florida, Nevada—and look at look at their budget. Like the community benefit is six hundred ninety-two point eight million dollars, and they're able because these these uh, clinics are entrenched in those communities, and they don't pack up and leave the next day. They're entrenched, and they're able to get numbers. They're able to see to show you how their funding is distributed. Uh, but we don't, we don't have that. But outside these larger centers, the, major, the majority of free clinics, in the majority of free clinics, you'll be hard-pressed to find long-term statistics, health indices um, by any of these uh, entities, right? Because the research in and of its own is super expensive. It demands its own funding. We have our own problems, Our uh, faith-based clinics, such as Amen and Pathways, um, often fall into the numbers trap. And I want to talk a little bit about the numbers trap, because that is important, but it's not so important. Um, And uh, we we want to be able to count how many people are treated and how much money was distributed in services. But uh, it's important, but it's not what we're all about. Is that correct? How would the numbers game make us any different than humanitarian free clinics? I would like to think that the way, um, the way we assess outcomes is completely different and unique. You see, we count souls for the kingdom, which is extremely complicated because everyone has to be on board. The provider, lay volunteers, pastors... Bible workers, everyone, just like that composite you placed, there has to be excellent retention for the good feeling, uh, the good feelings uh, from the clinic after the good fe- uh, feelings from the clinic have subsided. That tooth you filled can yield a soul, and that's a great outcome. But the local church has to provide the support and retention, just like your composite of that soul. It's a team effort. That's how we measure our success index. But then again, it's a very complicated process and a very long-term process. We'll talk a little bit more about how, uh, about how this fleshes out under a microscope. So I've often thought uh, at one of our free clinics, okay, so I pull a tooth. How is this patient's life different now in the long run? I'm sure many of you have thought the same thing. So if I get a patient to live longer, that's great. But for what? And as a church, we know how to extend life, don't we? I mean, we're very proud of that National Geographic study, and yeah, Blue Zones, and yeah, hello, Melinda, right? But for what? So the concept of faith-based free clinics. Well, uh, let's just say, like I said, we, d- we don't own that. We, d- we didn't invent that, and we haven't been around as long as other faith-based organizations. As I mentioned, some faith-based clinics are actually right in the community clinic, or in the community church. I'm sorry. What what is kind of a strong and it's this is a very strong and effective way of of making your church be recognized in that clinic, and it's it's not a mystery about the the source of intentions uh, uh, to impact the community it serves. We have done smaller clinics uh, right in some of our churches, of uh, San Francisco, Lakeport, and a few others, but we can also connect to the community. Uh, uh, to a church in, in there, the patient's community, the way we did it in Texas and Tennessee, for instance. So attendees to a free clinic held in a convention center, a very large convention center, or large venues that are not a church, had to go to the church nearest to their residence to get lab results and study results which were obtained at the clinic. Often the first encounter with the church in their community was with the members that were volunteering at the big venue free clinic. I'm not going to say anything about networking. We all know the importance of this. We all know the importance of, of reaching out, connecting with people at these free clinics, connecting with other providers, staff, patients. Enough said. We're, again, we're talking about the impact of free clinics in the, to the community. Now, this word, community, as of late, has become a huge catchphrase, right? And often synonymous with church. That drives me nuts. It's as if the word church has somehow become a bad word or something, right? Now, what, what are we? We're a community of faith. Well, today, I'm going to use this word, but in this context, the etymology of the word uh, community is what? Common unity, right? <clears throat> These days, the only times the community comes together in common unity is for some tragedy, some political agenda, some block party. So where is the church? What about coming together for healing, true healing? How about that? How about coming together for the sake of making the entire community healthier and pointing them to heal on who can heal through and through? Let's take a look at the effect that free clinics have on the provider. Now, there's an incredible blessing, and those of you, again, who have participated, there's an incredible blessing and feeling that comes uh, from giving services and time to people who couldn't otherwise afford it. Free clinics are a perfect way to practice the pure art. Not for personal gain, without the pressure of schedules, insurances, and material overhead. Just providing the best treatment available for each patient. We are a global church with a global view and a global reach, right? And sometimes it's important for us uh, to make sure that we're seeing beyond our world. When you're stuck in an eight to five routine, day in, day out, same office, same office smell. You guys know what I'm talking about. You know the way your office smells. You open that door and it's like, oh yeah, vanilla candle. The same scene over and over again. It becomes your world and your, your worldview. You get through the day, you hop in your Beamer or your Toyota pickup truck. <clears throat> you turn on NPR and you get depressed about what's going on in the world. And you wonder, when are you coming back for us, Jesus? Then you go home. Free clinics help us to remember why we went into this profession. To take care of people. And what I tell students, you know, I, I remember working at this clinic and the student comes in, you know, in his brand new Kia, the, the, the top of the line thing, the, that beast, with his little latte in his hand. And I know this kid just graduated a year ago. And so, you know, I, he sits down, you know, and, um, and he's humming a tune. And I'm like, hey, man, do you come from money? And he says, "No, you know." I said, "What'd your parents do?" Well, they, they were very blue collar. They're retired now, and so I was like, um, "Do you have student loans?" And he was like, "Yeah." I said, "How much do you pay every month?" And he says, "I pay uh, about seven hundred dollars." I was like, "What's your what's your balance?" So he's like, "What are you trying to do?" <laughs> I was like, "I'm trying to give you a reality check." So he, you know, punches up his account on the on the computer, and he turns his computer around four hundred fifty eight thousand dollars. That's twice as that's more than twice what it was when I graduated and probably my, what I what I graduated with was a lot more than what some of you had, right? But you think about, it, I hope you didn't go into this profession for the money. I mean, those golden years are gone. The, 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 the golden dental years of the 70s, 80s, and the early 90s, well, you'd be hard-pressed to find them unless you're willing to go to Main Street USA, you know, and where nobody else wants to go. Then you'll do maybe okay because you're the only shop in town, right? <clears throat> but all of those concerns are kind of thrown out the window when you're dealing with a free clinic. Because they help us to go beyond the margins of our little world and take care of people distant from that world. Here in the US, even those that are underinsured or uninsured have access to some care. And we're blessed to have in this country county hospitals where even the most indigent can go and get some, some sort of rudimentary care. But when it comes to elective dental care, we find that the amount of patients without any access grows exponentially. Free clinics allow us somewhere to go and bridge that gap. Giving someone something they couldn't afford otherwise creates a beautiful wedge that we can easily use to point others to Christ. For me, free clinics take away that awkwardness of interactions with the indigent, that uneasy feeling that you get when you just want to pump your gas, but you see in your periphery someone's coming at you. And uh, you know what's coming. Because you're not dealing with it at a free clinic, you're not dealing with funds, you're not dealing with money, you're dealing with services. And, and this is t- time and time again proven to be a perfect wedge by all that she says by all that has given us an advantage over another be it education, refinement, nobility of character Christian training, religious experience we are in debt to those less favored and so far as lies in our power we are to minister to them if we are strong we are to stay up the hands of the weak isn't that beautiful? Again, we're talking about the benefits of free clinics to the provider. What about this? You know, free clinics provide their perfect opportunity for us to, as care providers to show how to make your faith take action. The ancillary personnel who surround you every day, who may or may not be Christian, may know that you're a Christian but have never seen what that really means in your daily living because we're not all perfect about bringing up spiritual things with every single one of our patients. Mind you, again, I still believe that in dentistry we have this unique problem, um, this unique, okay, maybe it's not a problem. It's just not as fluid to bring up spiritual topics in a dental office as it is in a medical office. See, because nobody ever thinks they're going to die at a dental office. But people who go to the physician, the doctor, the MD, there's always that risk that you're going over there because some lump grew in your body, right? And so you're going to be open to some prayer. At a dental office, you're going to cut a prep, and you're like, hey, let's have a word of prayer before we start. They can say, why? Do you know what you're doing? Like, do we need need prayer for this? So you got to kind of uh, swim against that stigma, right? So free free clinics are that platform, a place where you can where where your your staff can see you pray with patients. You can give them literature, you can talk very casually about spiritual things. This can also be a wedge to talk about spiritual things with your staff, right? Or implement devotions in your practice. And you know what? Your your staff loves this. I've brought my my assistants to free clinics and they love them. They even love them more when you pay them to go with you, right? Now, but you can teach them a thing or Two, about, about sacrifice. Maybe I shouldn't pay you, and you should still come, right? And, and that has happened, too, and they're happy to do it. You know, they've had, they had a great experience. At least that was my experience with my assistants. But not, like I said, not paying them also gives them a little more depth on this issue of sacrifice and being satisfied with where they are and understanding that there's always someone who has it worse than they do. Free clinics are also an excellent place to learn what your colleagues are using, such as instruments and techniques. I've been to a a free clinic, uh, haven't been to a free clinic yet that has a cone beam, so I kind of put that up there just for giggles, right? We can dream, right? But I was impressed to see that Pathway LA had two panoramic uh, radiograph machines there that were donated by um, uh, Patterson, I believe, for the day. So we're getting close, and I've learned, I've learned at, at these free clinics, things as simple as a compound topical anesthetic for a more pleasant local anesthetic administration. Now, um, yeah, I, I, I'm an oral surgeon, and I start straying away from the simple things, the little things that patients appreciate like topical because the topical makes you all goobery and salivate too much and stuff. So I started moving away from topical and just saying, nah, I'm just going to, just bear with me here. It's going to hurt, but you won't feel a thing after a while. Well, I, I learned this, this uh, one of one of the, the doctors there, the, the dentist at one of the, at Spokane, I believe it was, he showed me this little compound that he put together that he ordered his pharmacy to put together. and And he says, it's like, it's like benzocaine and lidocaine and um, one other cane. And, you know, it's like you could probably extract a tooth with that thing just with the topical because it was that potent. They don't feel anything, you know. It's that penetrating. Anyway, I learned that at a, at a free clinic. So it's a great place to learn and, uh, about and try different, different materials your, uh, your colleagues may be using. You may even take some of those back with you to pr- private practice. Now let's look at the effect uh, free clinics have on the Christian provider. Um, Notice what Ellen White says in Ministry of Healing uh, 105.5. She says, Many feel that it would be a great privilege to visit the scenes of Christ's life on earth, to walk where he trod, to look upon the lake beside which he loved to teach, and the hills and the valleys on which his eyes so often rested. But we need not go to Nazareth, to Capernaum, or Bethany, in order to walk in the steps of Jesus. We shall find his footprints beyond this, beside the sickbed, in the hovels of poverty, in the crowded alleys of the great cities, in every place where there are human hearts in need of consolation. <clears throat> it's funny, I got this, this image right here, ready to serve. It's pretty interesting, right? You got a kid hanging on a tool board, and you know what journalist is? Says up there, Mormon nod. You know, there's something about the Mormons that they got right. You know, service is a big part of their calling, and so this is a Mormon journal. But I thought it was a very neat image. Um, anyway, don't forget that you are the hands of Jesus. We work with our hands, so that's that's even more important for us. She says in uh, Ministry of Healing 106.3, through his human agency, he desires to be a comforter such as the world knows not. You know, sometimes as, as dentists, we are the boss in our offices, right? And when we say jump, they say how high. And we need to remember that, that we need to be at the beck and call of, of God, right? Free clinics help us to remember that we are but servants at his call, right? <clears throat> Now, because our clinics are faith-based, and this is a very important one, because it's really easy to go to a free clinic and be humanitarian. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like I said, everyone's doing that. We didn't invent it. Um, People do it all the time. Because our clinics are faith-based, we can abashedly be spiritual in our care. We are still respectful of other faiths, but we also are not apologetic about manifesting the love of Christ, right? Right? And the difference again I've been to some free clinics that are you know faith based that are other denominations and sometimes are, are our very own and we are humanitarians in those clinics and it's a it's in the basement of a, of a church you know and, and it it just doesn't stand to it doesn't stand a reason why we are not spiritual with these patients when they come into a spiritual place for the care right two things you don't talk about at work Religion and politics, right? But I bet most of us haven't struggled in the last couple of weeks to talk about one of those, right? Yeah, recently it's been really easy to talk about, um, about politics as, as easy as, as it is to talk about the weather. And while some of you may have no problem bringing up spiritual themes at work, most of us do. Some of us just can't. I may be an associate, I may be an employee. The practice might not be mine. Whatever the reason or excuse, there may be many details that surround that, but at a free clinic, there's no hesitation for me to pray, to bring up spiritual issues, topics with patients. Many of these patients expect it. They expect it, and they appreciate it. A free clinic may be a way to bring your vocation directly into support of the church in that particular community. It may not be your church, but you are helping to bring recognition to a church in that community, and you're helping it become a beacon of light. There will be very soon a day when Seventh-day Adventists, our Seventh-day Adventist faith is brought to the forefront. Our fundamental beliefs will be publicly scrutinized especially in the media, and we all know how powerful the media can be, right? Especially in light of this election season. But at that time, listen to what I'm about to say. When our faith is being derided and mocked, a patient who you may have treated at one of our free clinics will likely have some recollection of a loving dentist that provided very generous treatment and sincere prayer at one of our clinics or church clinics. And they might think, you know, but Adventists have only done me good and shown me love and shown me what Christianity is all about. That patient, for all you know, is a pre-Adventist whom you may or may not, to your surprise, find in heaven and a star on your crown. Who knows? You could be that dentist. So we can see the value in identifying ourselves Now, and we don't need to be coy about it. We go through throughout the day saying, open your mouth to patience. What about us? Why don't we open our mouths? After the woman of Capernaum had healed, had been healed by the touch of faith, Jesus desired her to acknowledge the blessing she had received. Notice the gifts which the gospel offers are not to be secured by stealth or enjoyed in secret. Ye are my witnesses, says the Lord, Isaiah 43, 10. As a provider, free clinics help me to understand grace. Listen, providing a patient with the best of care who didn't earn it, can't pay for it, and likely doesn't understand or fully appreciate all the sacrifice involved in in obtaining it. Does that sound familiar to you? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out the devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Can a free clinic help me as a Christian provider understand unmerited favor in a deeper way? I think so. Free clinics help us to flex the right arm. Medical missionary work is the right hand of the gospel. Testimonies, volume 7, page 59. Thus... Again, by doing medical missionary work, thus you will gain access. We've heard these before. We love to quote them here at uh, Amen. Um, thus you will gain access to the hearts of the people, and the way will be prepared for a more decided proclamation of the truth. Welfare ministry, page 57 and 58. Now, you might, you might not, in your mind, feel like you are directly connected to someone who came into the church because of your contribution at a free clinic. Let me tell you something. Free clinics work. In, uh, they they bring people into a saving knowledge of 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 the gospel and I'm going to show you a few examples here I want to talk a little bit about the effect of uh, free clinics on the church how many churches in your very own community have been absolutely have made absolutely no impression on the community I mean I remember when we first moved to Ohio uh, what four or five I don't care I'm trying to Blanked that out of my memory, you know. But um we were in Ohio, believe it or not. And I remember there was a church on every block, a different church, different church, different church, different church, which lar- which largely remained silent through our entire three years that we were there. I never saw any activity in the parking lot. Never, you know, n- never anything outside of church. Never an invitation from any one of them to to go and and to attend anything. <clears throat> So they've made absolutely no impression on the community for, a, for the benefit or the welfare of that, comu- uh, of that community, and a free clinic obviously can do that. And this is my, um, my shameless plug. You know, clinic with a box is something that Amen offers, and yes, it is a sacrifice. It is a financial investment, but it yields souls. Let me tell you, it works. If you have any questions, just ask Vin. If you want to take one of these clinics to your, your own church, just ask Vin how it can help. How you can how you can you know figure out numbers, things like that. It works. It works, and it plugs everyone in the system. And listen, this is this is a clinic that happened in Ogden, Utah. Um, I believe it happened in February this year. February. This was the contact, the initial contact for the patients. The patients were invited to a series of evangelistic uh, meetings. <clears throat> At the time. At the end of that evangelistic series, 80 people asked for baptism. Of the 80, 50 were ready. And of the 50, 20 came into this church because the first contact they had was because of this amen clinic. It works. Here's a beautiful picture of that congregation now. Isn't that beautiful? Everyone was plugged in. It works. You plug in the pastor. It's a good place to heal the rift between the doctor and the pastor that happened in our church long ago. If you don't know the history, it's something good to look up. But it's never been the same since. It's a good opportunity, a good place to do that. There's good synergy between the practitioner and the pastor. If you can just plug them in and have the same vision, it works. God often reaches hearts through the efforts to relieve physical suffering. Medical uh, ministry of Health, 144.2. In uh, 144.3, she says, in the ministry of the word, i.e. the pastor, and in the medical missionary work, the gospel is to be preached and practiced. She says, this, is what, this is how you do it. They're not isolated. Not one is an island. Um, both are to work together, and it works. The Savior has given his precious life in order to establish a church, people, a church is people. It's not a building capable of ministering to the suffering, the sorrowful and the tempted. A company of, believer, a company of believers may be poor, uneducated, and unknown, yet in Christ they may do a work. Listen, this is, this is perfect because when you start talking about a health fair and things like that, there are people in your church that say, I, I'm not a health person. I'm an accountant or I'm retired. I don't, I don't know how to do anything. You know, This is exactly what she's addressing here. Yet in Christ, they may do a work in the home, in the community, and even in, uh, in the regions beyond, whose results shall be as far-reaching as eternity. Every true disciple is born into the kingdom as of God as a what? As a missionary. <laughs> I remember um, one time I quoted Ellen White, um, and I said, you know, Ellen White once said that you're born either a missionary or a mission field. And I was quickly corrected and said, you know, she didn't say that. I was like, well, it sounds like something she would have said. But So as, as a church, we are pretty strong in, in holding health, health uh, fairs, health expos, right? Just Google the word health expos and you'll find all kinds of flyers. And many of them are identified with the Seventh-day Adventist Church. In these health expos, church members are able to flex their medical missionary muscles even if they are not in the medical field or in the health field. So all may find something to do, she says. All may find something to do. His followers are not to feel themselves detached from the perishing world around them. They are a part of a great web of humanity, and heaven looks upon them as brothers to sinners and as well as, well as to saints. Every member is a missionary, non-medical, non-dental church members can still be missionaries. Free clinics are a good place to learn and teach simple remedies and lifestyles. We've seen that. There's no excuse. Who was I talking to the other day? Came into the church because of a massage that she got. Got a massage, made a contact, got the Bible studies, came into the church. A massage. And trust me, If you're like me, I'm a skeptic about everything. I question everything. I'm walking into our free clinics, and I'm looking at the massage section. I'm like, really? 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 I'm rebuked. It works. It's a contact. It's a good place for church members to mature their walk with Christ because all of a sudden your faith takes on action, takes on a new active phase. There's room for IT, logistics, hospital volunteers, food preparation, delivery, organizational. We need all that. And, and, and here's another thing that's kind of important in our church too. It's a good place for conservatives and for liberals. I don't hear any arguments about that stuff when we are working in a free clinic because everyone usually finds common ground at a free clinic. Like, nobody's arguing about the Great Commission. Nobody's saying, well, that's not really for us. Isn't it? No. We're in there. We're in the trenches. You're seeing results. You're seeing people happy. It's a beautiful thing all across the aisle. All right. Finally, I'm going to finish. Well, actually, I'm running right on time, so praise the Lord. Effect on Patience. This is my last section. <clears throat> um, so... When I was doing my study for this, for this presentation, like I said, it's really hard to find numbers. It is really hard to find numbers because even though these, uh, the, the free clinics that are well-established, like the Cleveland clinics, and that, believe me, there are so many clinics. Again, this says right here, there are 1,700 free clinics operating in 49 states. Uh, and in the District of Columbia. Together, these clinics provide care for approximately 2 million people. The annual budget, 287000 uh, It's approximately 150000 to 200 free men clinics yearly. So thank you for your support, and we look forward to seeing a little bit more of it over the weekend. Amen. <laughs> free clinics also do not receive financial support or technical assistance from federal from the federal government. Bear with me here. There's a point. I'm talking about access of care and how free clinics affect the patient. According to Kathleen Sebelius, Secretary of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, there will be a huge gap between what these people can afford and what's available to them. Again, we're, talking, we're going to be talking a little bit about Obamacare and how it relates to uh, access to care. As a result, free clinics in the states that do not expand Medicaid uh, will remain as needed and relevant as ever. Millions of people who are currently uninsured will remain so uh, not only in 2014, but for years to come, uh, millions more will move from uninsured to underinsured status. And then that last section says 31 31 million people will be uninsured in 10 years from now uh, when the ACA, the uh, Obamacare, is uh, in full effect. Given that the existing network of free clinics serves only 2 million people, there will clearly be a continued role for these organizations and more demand from uninsured uninsured patients than can be met by them. So we all know that, you know, when when you talk about, people have asked you, so how has Obamacare affected dentistry? Well, adults in the United States are not required to obtain dental coverage, Um, and so we still know, again, and again, in the current language of the ACA, dental coverage is only required for children, and even that has uh, uh, several pages worth of, of, uh, of interesting information to read. And most free clinics, clinic attendees, those of you who have been to our free clinics, you know that the majority of, of attendees are adults, right? Again, this is another slide that talks a little bit about the details of Obamacare. Um, There's many pages, and I got almost, I fell asleep a couple times reading it, but um, dental coverage, what you should know is that dental coverage at the bottom uh, works best for routine care, and it's uncommon to find any insurance that covers major dental work um, past a certain dollar amount. Uh, So it really hasn't affected um, our profession, but it hasn't made access to care for the patient any better. Those who are forced into, you know, forced, um, coerced, no, maybe uh, just encouraged to to get their their policies expanded or a policy at all through Obamacare. And of course, those of us who deal with Medicaid, this varies from state to state. There, you know, I know that in the East Coast, Medicaid covers a lot better than it does in California. We are a hot mess, a disaster out here with with Denical If you want to make ends meet, but. Just talking about that and most uh, wonderful government plans, not all patients qualify. Most of these plans are covering less and less procedures each year, at least here in California. Um, It's hard to find providers that accept these, especially specialists. Specialists don't take any Medicaid or not here in California, very few. Um, And again, reimbursement is pennies on the dollar uh policyholders, again, you also know that policyholders who have my insurance is Medicaid, you know, you're gonna find that if you're you're in a Medicaid office or Medical office, uh, or a Dental office, should I say, not Medical, um, you're gonna find that if you are in a dental office, you have probably a 50% show of patients. Because for some reason there's a compliance issue. If I don't really pay for it. Um, there's little ownership that I have over my treatment and my responsibility to be at the appointment. So, again, we're talking about the effect of free clinics that uh, free clinics have on patients. They know that the dental care, uh, in a broad sense, does not take priority over their medical care, and that in most instances they perceive dental care is novelty or privileged care. So we are not surprised when we get this exaggerated show of appreciation when they receive this care at one of our free clinics. We all know the benefits of a thankful spirit and the importance of giving thanks, and granted we don't always get a a pat on the back from patients at a free clinic, but the ones who show uh, appreciation really do it up, don't they? Of course, we know that these demonstrations of appreciation are beneficial for us as a profession. We have kind of a reputation for a dark cloud over our heads. And, you know, some of these demonstrations of appreciation carry us through very dark moments, right? Many patients are fully aware of the dental, of dental costs and dental care, or the cost of dental care. And many show gratitude uh, proportionally as well, often in tears of joy. The benefit here is twofold. This is a patient, I don't know if you remember him, uh, David, that I, um, <laughs> he was this Rastafari guy <laughs> that I met in Chattanooga uh, at the free clinic there that, um, that Amen did. But, you know, interestingly enough, RAM tag-teamed with you guys, right? RAM is a, a humanitarian free clinic that is, stands for Remote Area Medical, Right? And they have been doing it for such a long time. They are such a well-oiled machine. It is very highfalutin. I mean, very high. they you know they have badges that they print out. Um, uh, they have badges for the patients with their name, uh, medical record number, and all that. I mean, it's very, very high end. They tag team with us. They loved Amen. They were like, anytime you need our services, you let us know. We'll we'll come with you. They have a huge sim- semi truck. Uh, it's very, very, uh, like I said, it's a well-oiled machine, well-funded. Um, anyway, this is a guy that showed up at that clinic and he was probably late 20s. Um, and all of these teeth down here were, uh, black in approximately just really big black spots, black spots, black spots. And he was like, I want all my teeth out. And it was just his anterior teeth that were like that. He says, I don't care. I don't want them. I just want them all out. I don't want to deal with this anymore. And I said, come on, man, sit down, let's talk, you know, and and I said, what if I, what if I could, could take care of this problem here? I mean, this one was really bad. Number 10 was really bad. Everything else, I was like, what if I could tell you that I could take care of those black spots? You don't have to lose any teeth and we could take out number 10 and I can get you something to fill in the space right here at this clinic. Because that was one of the most sophisticated free clinics I've ever been on. They had a lab right there on the spot. You can get a set of dentures right there on the spot. It had C-Rack machines. It, I mean, it was very impressive, the Chattanooga Clinic was. So he says, sure. So we, we, I send him over to a refer him to a dentist, a couple chairs down. He does all the composites. I take out number 10. He gets an impression. He has a flipper made. He has that flipper. Del- this guy followed me around the rest of the clinic day. He, was, he just couldn't believe it. He was like, who are you guys? You know, it's, this is so impressive. I mean, he was so appreciative. He could not believe that he did not have to get all his teeth taken out. And he could look like this. He just kept walking around with a mirror in his hand looking at his. he was so happy. These patients experience at a free clinic that someone cares for them accompanied by the power of persuasion the power of prayer and the power of the love of god this work again talking about uh there is a need of coming close to the people uh, with per- personal effort um more time were spent uh, personal ministry greater results would be seen the poor to be relieved the sick are to be cared for the, the sorrowing and the bereaved comforted and, and the ignorant instructed, the, the inexperienced counseled, we are to weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. You know, she says that this type of work will not, cannot be without fruit. And that is true. We've seen it. <clears throat> These patients feel at a free clinic that they have value, that they have self-worth One soul, she says, is of infinite value in Gospel Workers 184.3. Many people who come to a free clinic battle with self-worth and self-esteem. Receiving this treatment, this very exclusive dental treatment, expensive treatment, often comes with a shot in the arm. And that shot in the arm is a shot of self-esteem. And added value. We can also see how the boost of self-esteem doesn't just stay with the patient, but makes its way. It has a ripple effect. It makes its way peripherally. Nothing will open doors for truth like evangelistic medical missionary work. She says in Ministry of Healing 145.1, many have no faith in God and have lost confidence in man, but they appreciate acts of sympathy and helpfulness. As they see one with no inducement inducement of earthly praise or compensation come into their homes, ministering to the sick, feeding the hungry, Clothing the naked, comforting the sad, and tenderly pointing all to him of whose love and pity the human worker is but the messenger. As they see this, their hearts are touched, gratitude springs up, faith is kindled. They see that God cares for them, and they are prepared to listen as his word is opened. I'm going to take a couple minutes here to share a story of a girl, and again, free clinics work. This is a story of a girl who came for a dermatological reason. So it's not ours, but it's still talking about, um, about free clinics. So the next four minutes, I'm going to talk about them. I'm almost done here. Bear with me. Some of you have a really hungry look on your faith. I can't seem to bring it up now. I'll bring it up at the end. It's a great story. This girl came in. She had a, a massive birthmark. Uh, very exophytic, sticking out, uh, very embarrassing. She came to Path, uh, uh, your best pathway to Health LA and uh, met actually um, Dr. Uh, uh, Predonovich, who's sitting in here. He's a derm- uh, dermatologist. And uh, through his being able to treat her there, um, this girl has come into at least our community, um, she's from San Bernardino, so she's come into Advent Hope, our Sabbath school there. She comes to Bible studies. It's a work in progress. It's not over. It's still, but she she loves to come and come to Bible studies and, you know, and again, a very interesting uh, character, um, but again, very, very beautiful story about how free clinics give us that, that opening wedge. So we're wrapping up here. In a free clinic, we are to encourage the sick and suffering uh, to look to Jesus, and live. Point them to the one who can heal both physical and spiritual disease. uh, Ministry of Healing, I always want to say medical. Ministry of Healing 144.1. In a free clinic and in all your work, remember that you are bound up with Christ, a part of the great plan of redemption. She also says, give to the world so pure and righteous a representation of him that men shall behold Him in his beauty. So Christ stands before us as a pattern man, the great medical missionary, an example for all who should come after. Welfare Ministry, page 53. Christ was a servant. He is my master, making me his servant. He himself said in John 13, 16, The servant is not greater than his master. He served. And how can I not? I believe in the validity and the effectiveness of free clinics. They're not perfect. But they reflect positively on our church. They disseminate biblical truth. And they bring souls to the foot of the cross. And and to he alone who can save to the uttermost and heal. That's my presentation. I'm going to try to get um, the video up here. Um, If I can't do that, please forgive me. But it was a a nice little snippet. It's a beautiful story. Let me see if I can do it. Carolina
1: came to us. um, I think I don't know if she was referred by another physician or she came to the door asking for dermatology. Um, We are actually having laser services on this uh, pathway to health, which is great. So uh, she was sent there. I wasn't sure that there's hope for her to really get anything done, but... You know, Dr. Popko has seen many patients. He's done a lot of derm t- tattoo removal along the way. He's seen a lot of skin problems for 20 years. So I felt like, hey, this, there's some something that could happen with this case.
0: I thought I could maybe handle some of it, but most of it needed to be surgically uh, uh, treated. So I uh, referred her back to dermatology or plastic surgery.
1: She had very, very thick lesions that were kind of sticking out and it's basically what we call epidermal nevus. it's kind of like a congenital mole a birthmark Um, but there's they come in different shapes sizes colors and hers pretty much encompass the back of her neck the front and kind of down her chest
2: since i was born i had it when i was born my mom saw she was devastated she couldn't find a way to take it off you know I heard this on the radio that they were having the convention. They were it was just the fact that you could do something about it, try to take it off. You know, that's what brought me here.
1: We just had to step by step, you know, slowly just kind of remove each and every one of them so we can get really down to the base of it and then in conjunction with the laser and other modalities, we can be able to kind of clear it almost a hundred percent. I mean, she, she told me by coincidence, she turned on the radio. She heard about it this morning. Uh, she got to work, her boss wasn't even there.
2: I can never say no to that woman. Like I can never tell her, you know what? I'm just not gonna come, you know, never give her an excuse. But she wasn't there and I was like, oh my God, well that makes it easier, you know, like I'm just gonna go.
1: She called off and like, checked in for 10 minutes, checked out, drove all the way from San Bernardino, which is around Loma Linda area, to here, in traffic, to make it here, to see what can be done. And that's after, you know, 20 plus years having it.
2: I never thought like this morning when I put on my shoes, I was gonna come and, you know, like my life just completely went 360. Like, it's overwhelming, you know, like, what other people take for granted, you know? It's like, I'm gonna have it now. I have a new life now. I just, I'm really grateful how everything just fell in order.
1: It's just the, to see the impact it had on her emotionally for so long, I mean, it's all coming out right now.
2: Everybody told me, you know, you don't have hope. Like, we can't help you, you know? They didn't even know me right off the bat. They were like, yes, go, here, let's do this. I just feel like these people are beyond angels. They're really nice. They're really nice.
1: (laughs) To be able to offer the services, to be able to, and additionally, pray with the patients, um, and you know, um, I don't know what what better work there is. (laughs) No problem. It's a team effort. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) I watched the dog I don't think I
2: would have. have a new life i'm gonna have a new life and my smiles can be bigger than ever you know like i just picture myself in my wedding dress like being able to have my hair up is amazing you know being able to go to the beach and just letting my hair go crazy you know it's just being able it's a new freedom for me And I'm blessed to say that. I'm very, very happy. Beyond everything. I just thank them so much, you know? I'm very, very happy. I feel like a new person.
0: So, yeah, it wasn't dental. I know what you're thinking. The concept is still the same. Um, And we are a team, aren't we? So, my... uh, My charge to you is, first of all, to support free clinics. Even if you have to travel across the country, go. Go, support, because you are supporting something going on there. It's all part of the same effort. You know, we are one church. We are, we're one effort. We're one team. And so uh, I charge you to do that. And if you want to take that next step, I charge you to take on the challenge of in your church doing a clinic for your community, your church, and, and let your church be known right there in that community. What do you say? Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Oh, I'm going to let you go ahead and wrap it up, David. Okay. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share with uh, my colleagues here Um just a snippet of a small, probably piece of puzzle in uh, the process of spreading this gospel through the, to the world. Uh, we thank you for the idea um, that, of course, we didn't come up with, Lord, but we're certainly taking and using to further your this end-time message. Um, and we we just want to ask courage. Uh, we, We ask for motivation. We ask for each person here to look outside themselves and outside their practice. And Lord, there's not too much that we can give. I think uh, you gave it all for us, and I think we can do the same for you, and I pray that um, that you would bless not just free clinics, but uh, all the uh, evangelism that's going on in our church, all the work uh, that can be done uh, that we need to do. I pray for motivation uh, for our church members, and um, I pray that We wrap this up soon, Lord, that you can come home and that someday we might be under the tree of life talking about Amen Clinics and how they impacted our lives. Um, I ask that you keep us faithful, even faithful unto, unto death. And I thank you again for this opportunity to share these things. I pray in Jesus' name, Amen.
1: This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more.